This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from the zoo to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris all here. Thanks for joining us. One day closer to Super Bowl 58. And how about this? Matt Hamilton of uh, FanDuel TV, our good friend over there. He's in Vegas right now, and he's going to join us at 425 from Radio Row. How about that? Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be nice. I, I They've had a bunch of weird guests on their show on uh, on Up and Adams, so I'm interested to, to ask about some of those. But um, it, through all of the craziness, I'm sure it's, it's a thrill. So Matt Hamilton's going to uh, join us at 425 to... Talk about how he scaled the sphere, I suppose. He did what now? <laughs> he, uh, did you see the guy that scaled uh, the Las Vegas sphere? <laughs> you know, that was bound to happen eventually. Oh, man. God, well, uh, we'll ask about his uh, his journey there. And um, we'll also talk about who needs the win more in this Super Bowl. Is it the 49ers or the Chiefs? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Also, we'll talk some Mizzou and Texas A&M men's hoops Woo-hoo! tonight. Yay! Yeah, catch the fever. Can you feel it? The rematch. I mean, don't you remember that they played two oh, the weeks first ago? One was, right? yeah. The first oh, one was, was brutal. A, it was a barn burner, right? <laughs> it was a terrible game. 120 combined points. Love it. Love it. Are we going to see that again tonight? 505, we'll talk Mizzou and Texas A&M hoops. And, hey, it's almost Mizzou softball season. They start their campaign Friday. It is upon us. Mizzou softball season. Head coach Lewis Anderson joins us at 525 to preview it. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Yeah, as far as uh, Super Bowl 58, the official injury report from the Chiefs is supposed to be released this afternoon. Now, Joe Tooney did say today that he is still holding out slight hope that he can be available for Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. But Chiefs head coach Andy Reid did characterize him as a, quote, long shot, end quote, to make the game. But uh, Tooney going to try and uh, practice this week. We'll see if he actually did get out there. No injury report yet from the Chiefs uh, from official word there. So we'll wait to see when that comes out. Super Bowl 58. Kicks off at 5.30 on Sunday between the Chiefs and 49ers in Las Vegas. Mizzou is still looking for their first conference win in men's hoops. Another chance tonight. They host Texas A&M, a team they lost to by six on the road two weeks ago, 63-57. to It tips off at 8 o'clock tonight, pregame at 7.30 right here on KTGR. And that's the big show's big deal on the seventh day of February 2024. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. All right. This is... A question that I think could be uh, could be misconstrued as well. If the other team doesn't need it, then why are they even there? Uh, no, it's they both need this. But who needs this Super Bowl win more in your mind? 
the 49ers or the Chiefs. Give us your thoughts at 875-KTGR as uh, we ponder that. Who needs it more, Brendan? I like that you cut me off at the pass before we even got started because you knew if there was any way to snarkily handle this question, uh, I would probably be the one yeah, to find I, it. Yeah, uh, I, I figured <laughs> to snuff that out and, and get ahead of it, I suppose. So that get there, real, Brendan. Be, yeah. So. Yeah, you, you kind of... You staunched me out there a little bit but that's okay i i think it's a fair question because it is fun sometimes to talk about the narratives of you know dynasties and organizations and regimes when you talk about coaching kyle shanahan's been at this for a minute in san francisco and he's had some really really good teams andy ah, man it feels like they it, it feels like they might need this one even more than the chiefs for all the things that it would mean for kansas city to get this Kyle Shanahan, like, like might need it to just, like, continue to be alive. Like, this is... Whoa, this whoa, 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 that, whoa, whoa, this is, <laughs> whoa, like, this whoa. Is, this has got to be something that okay. he is absolutely craving to continue in this field. To uh, I mean, look at this roster really? that to they put together. Continue in the field? Oh, no, to uh, you know what I'm saying. You understand okay. what I'm All saying. Right. For Kyle Shanahan... This is pretty important because if not now, when are they going to win one? When is he going to get that the San Francisco team over the hump if he doesn't do it with this group of players, with this offense, with this defense? I'd say with this quarterback, but I guess that would be the way that you lose it is you don't have the quarterback advantage here. But like this is going to be their quarterback for a while, right? Like They're not moving on from Brock Purdy anytime soon. He's the guy that they're rolling with. So if, if not now, when are you going to figure out a way to get it done? That's kind of the feeling I have for the 49ers. No, you're right. I mean, the sentiment is we've put ourselves in position so many times in the last, what is it, five years. I mean, since the first Super Bowl that they uh, they went to in this run, since Kyle Shanahan took over. They had some rough years, by the way, like right as he was taking over, like after the whole... Jim Harbaugh uh, leaving, then they have Tom Sula and Chip Kelly in there. And Tom like, Jim Sula, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those were some lean times for the 49ers. and then they and then Kyle Shanahan comes in and look, it took a while to get off the ground, but he finally did. And yeah, it's been a it, it's been a strong uh, NFL franchise over the last five years. They've gotten it right with John Lynch, I think, uh, as the Head executive making all the decisions. Yeah, Yeah. he's done really well. He's, I think he's done his job as far as putting a team in position to be a Super Bowl winner. I don't know what else you could do in John Lynch's spot. Um, Well, I, I mean, to to be fair though, on the one thing is that they did all have a collective decision on the quarterback, and they, they lucked out that Brock Purdy. I mean, yes, you give him credit for drafting him in the first place, yeah, with the last pick, but also that can be kind of an indictment. The fact that he is as capable as he is, is. I don't though? know if he's. I mean, uh, because so. you had uh, they had terrible injury luck to even get to him on the depth chart in the first place, and so like you're, yeah. you're I mean, we don't know about Trey Lance. I mean, we That's thought Trey thing. Lance like, was going to be a the good pick on Trey Lance. That. That's right. what I wanted to make reference okay. of. Is like, all right, if you don't do what I call getting kind of lucky on Mister Irrelevant, you are not in this position necessarily okay and you wasted a lot of assets on trey lance and then decided not to give him a shot so that's the one area where if i were going to be critical and i for years i was right like i always shanahan was kind of my nemesis 
for his handling of all that. But I think internally they just kind of felt like Brock Purdy was better, and, and it's going to be convenient that Trey Lance probably never starts another NFL game because he'll be a career backup, and they'll never be disproven on it. But, yeah, they've done a nice job. John Lynch has done a nice job. They did get a little lucky, though, that that Brock Purdy just panned out the way that he has. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um so, I mean, the the fact that the 49ers are in this spot, they're trying to avoid being part of, you know, a, a group of, uh, I wouldn't say just singular teams, but groups of franchises that have been in position to win championships throughout a long period of time. We're talking Bills in the 90s. We're talking uh, Vikings, uh, the Purple People Eaters, like the great teams but couldn't finish the job. And you're in danger of being in this group if you don't win this one. Because I don't know, uh, Brendan, next year, I mean, Lions could still be there. I think the Lions window is a little bit longer right now than what uh, the the 49ers window, I think, could be at the moment. Uh, Eagles, if they figure out the the leadership void there uh, and get their coordinators right, they're still a very strong team. I... I don't know if it's the if the NFC is the 49ers to lose for the next two or three years. I think there could be some decisions that have to be made there and say, oh, is everyone still going to be around? So I don't know how open it is for uh, for the 49ers to get back to this spot as opposed to the Chiefs and the fact that even in years where we thought they were vulnerable, they're still here because Patrick Mahomes is him. So I just... I look at the situations for both of these franchises, and I think, yeah, the, like the Chiefs have, uh, the Chiefs have some things on the line too, right? They're trying to be best of the best, but 49ers are just trying to be in the conversation as one of these teams that we talk about that had good runs. Yeah, and, and you hate to have a good run like that and never end up winning a Super Bowl. And while I would agree that, like the 49ers, I think are in the easier conference from a quarterback standpoint i would agree that it because the afc is loaded and it's going to continue to be but team wise like this felt like a year in the nfc where some of those teams like the lions the, you just you're maybe even the packers are kind yeah. of like a year ahead of uh-huh. schedule from really being the perennial threat that that they might end up being if they can put it together so the niners kind of got there by default and they they also barely got there because they almost lost both of their playoff games. So, like, from that perspective, it, it just feels like, man, this was the best year to do it. You did get to the Super Bowl. you got to take advantage of that because you never can count your chickens to know when you're going to be back in this situation unless you have a just earth-shatteringly good quarterback like Patrick Mahomes who you can kind of expect to get you back there at some point or another. Brock Purdy isn't that quarterback. I, we can debate, like, if he's good or bad, he's probably somewhere in the middle. I think he's pretty good, but he's not like a top three quarterback where you can just go, oh, yeah, that that guy, as long as we have him, we're going to be fine and we're going to be in the mix. No, I feel like it's the surrounding pieces that make the 49ers go, and right now you don't have to pay Brock Purdy just yet, and so it's a little easier to be able to build around him the way that they have done so successfully. But that roster won't be together forever, and then by the time that you do need to pay Brock Purdy, He's going to be overpaid, but you you probably will have to pay him and keep him because he's decent enough to do that with. But then is the roster the same thing? So this does feel like a moment in time for the 49ers where, yeah, they, they probably do need to take advantage of this one 
because they're not guaranteed to have another one and they've kind of they've kind of got that narrative surrounding them already of yeah, Shanahan, you know, Shanahan can't win the Super Bowl with this with this team. It's just that they're good but not not able to get over the hump. Like that's the thought process that's out on them and I feel like it stays that way if they don't win this game. 875 KTGR, who needs this win more? The Chiefs or the 49ers? 573-875-5847. I think it is more of a need on the Niners' side, but I don't know if we completely discount the fact that the Chiefs probably, I mean, I know that they've been here for quite a few years in a row now, but there might be a sense of uh, desperation to get it done here too, right? You know, just just a little bit, like to have another notch in the cap uh, to give a chance to to vault your franchise up next to the the Cowboys and the Niners and the and the Patriots with with runs that they have made in in history of uh, of dynasties and things of that nature. So that's on the line obviously. However, I mean Mahomes is going to be here. But we talked yesterday like how long is Andy Reid going to be here? How long is Travis Kelsey going to be here? Uh the the defense should be I mean I like the the future of the defense with some of the young pieces in the secondary and, and linebacking core, you are going to have to pay guys eventually though. And what the heck happens with Chris Jones this year? I mean, where, what is that going to, uh, to hold for the chiefs? So I think there's still uncertainty with how all of those pieces stay together. And uh, again, you can't guarantee it. I know you have Mahomes as, as your quarterback and you're going to have an edge in almost every single playoff game. If you, uh, if you keep weapons around him, but I, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs are are back here next year either. So I I find it fascinating how uh, we we maybe talk about that too. Yeah, and I mean, look, let's be honest about this. This question inherently is kind of flawed because you said it off the top. Like both teams that are in the Super Bowl are going to feel that they need to win the Super Bowl. It is the, called the big game for a reason. It is the game when you dream about becoming a football player that you're you're wanting to excel in. So that's that, that's kind of the flaw of the question from the very beginning, but it is still kind of interesting to talk about. And what this win would do for the Chiefs in terms of their dynasty is unmistakable because we've talked about the runs to the AFC Championship, but you want to continue to, like Tom Brady, he would go years at a time without winning, and then he went a couple more in a short succession. The Chiefs have a chance with such a young quarterback that's already accomplished as much as he has you win this one, and you can really start to kind of compress those dynasties and, and, and have the opportunity perhaps to outdo what a, a New England team did with Brady and Belichick. But if that stuff's important to you, right? Like, at yeah. the end of the day, we're going to be thoroughly impressed by however many Super Bowls, however many championship games this Chiefs iteration ends up reaching when it's all said and done. But, like, for for the people that really get into those conversations about dynasties, like, yeah, man, every single opportunity to win another one puts you into a, a hierarchy and, and moves you up the list of, of those all-time runs. And, and that's, I think, for Patrick Mahomes, when you're already, many would say, the greatest of all time, you just don't have the counting stats to show it, but just in terms of your play on the field, when you've already kind of, you're, you're already getting that juice from some people that would, would know the sport pretty well and, and have the authority to say some of those things, then, man, you you have that drive to back it up and, and win as many as you can. So, yeah, I don't think there's this notion of like, well, if the Chiefs lose, they, they at least they didn't need it as bad as the Niners. No, no man, they yeah. both teams need this one is the way that they're going to be looking at it. And it's 
also Mahomes' best defense that he's had since becoming a starter. And so you think, well, he can win with the best Hate defense. Hate to waste that. Had, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Hate to waste it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the, the fact that he, had, that he had won the Super Bowls that he won with the defenses that he had were, were pretty impressive in their own right. And so now... You know, what can you do with it against uh, this Niners team, a team that you've beaten before? Not the exact same team, but fairly similar. And uh, we'll we'll see what the the differences are. Eight seven five KTGR. If you want to weigh in on this, who needs the 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 Super Bowl win more, the Chiefs or the Forty ers And well, speaking of uh, last year's Super Bowl win, there was a guy from last year's Super Bowl win that's popped his face back into the uh, the Chiefs facility, apparently during the uh, lead-up to the AFC Championship game. Weren't we talking about this the other day, too? Like, is, is Eric Bieniemy going to pop back into the conversations of the Chiefs and, you know, rejoining and things like that? Now, look, it's he just was in an advisory role, is all we know, according to the ESPN report. But, yeah, that was very interesting to see that he was helping out the, the Chiefs during that run. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday yeah. and the fact that, like, well, you know, Eric Bieniemy, if if they do need to replace Andy Reid, wouldn't, wouldn't think that he would be – on the list because we just aren't sure, you know, what the relationships are like at this point. Not that that there is uh, any distrust or any dislike there at all, um, but you know, he's done work for them. And then we come to find out he was in the building, and the players were talking about how great it was to have him back around the team. So that is kind of an interesting nugget. Does it change at all your thought about the the Andy Reid timeline to think that maybe Eric Bieniemy could be someone that's still well respected enough in the organization that you know maybe that's a thought because I don't think anybody would yeah. think. Like, if he retired today, which, again, today's not the day either. I don't know if no. he's spoken yeah. on that. No, I don't um, know if he did Today's not today. the day. No, to- not today either. Not going to be the day. No. Um, he's going to have to at least wait till after the game on Sunday. Yeah. But, like, Matt Nagy would not take over the Chiefs. There's no way. No, so if no. it were going to be in in a, a candidate that would have to do so in the near future, I think it would come from outside the organization because Spagnolo, again, I just I just think he's a great D.C. and and we'll leave it at that. But to find another, like, Andy Reid at some point is going to retire. That is interesting. I thought it was interesting that, that Eric Bieniemy was around the team uh, leading up to the AFC Championship game. And I, I guess this week, too, I don't know if that's the case or not, but um, it's interesting for sure because I didn't I didn't expect to be reading that today. But that, I, I did think that was notable. Yeah, apparently uh, he sat in on offensive meetings, talked with some of the players there, including Mahomes, and Mahomes had nothing but good things to say about the enemy being back in the room, and look, I, I think there were the rumors that came out of like, oh, that Mahomes doesn't like the enemy, the enemy doesn't like Mahomes, Mahomes or, or the enemy doesn't like Reed, but vice versa. Like, I don't know if I believe much of that. I just think it was time to maybe see the enemy somewhere else. That you know, maybe the fact that he hadn't gotten a head coaching job at this point was because he was under the shadow of Andy Reid and he wanted to try and uh, be his own guy somewhere else and uh, manage another offense and show that he could do it uh, didn't work out this year because Sam Howell's not Patrick Mahomes uh, but I mean th- there's still I think solid relationships there I would not think of him as a head coaching candidate if all of a sudden Reed said Monday hey that's it um, I would I wouldn't jump that far but if he gets another job somewhere even if it's like a positional job, like not even a coordinator, like I'd say, like we're seeing more and more, like position coaches make those jumps. The fit's there, you know. The fit is there. If sometime in the future, if it's if it's next year or the year after that, and Eric Bieniemy's still around and he's been 
uh, still getting rave reviews from wherever he is, then I would definitely think about it if I'm uh, Clark Hunt slash Eric, uh, Brett Veach, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think if he's with the Chiefs in some capacity, because if you're not having to do this on the fly, like if it happens this year, it would be on the fly. But if you're not having to do it on the fly, I think it would be nice to kind of groom an internal candidate, to have like the space to be able to think about it that way. And, and I just don't know that currently they they have that answer in-house. So, you know, if I don't think Biennemi even needs another job. Like, he doesn't have to become the tight ends coach somewhere before the Chiefs can say, oh, he's qualified to be our coach. Like, they're, they know what he brings to the table, and their decisions c- can happen independent of that, I would think. But I don't know, like... I think the percentage went from zero to one percent. Yeah, with me, with me hearing okay. that. Oh, okay, he was in the building already with this team as we were talking about it yesterday. It's just news that hadn't come out yet. I think if Reed retires this year, I'll give Eric Bieniemy a one percent. I wouldn't have yesterday, but I do think this news kind of it tickles that that fancy enough for me to go, huh? Maybe that maybe that is kind of interesting, but but again, I don't think either of us expect Reed to retire. Yeah, uh, after this season, yeah, could happen, but don't expect it. Next year, I start to have those questions, but uh, probably not this year. And again, today's not the day, apparently, uh, according to Andy Reed, and, and not today. Tomorrow could be the day. Well, tomorrow, no, tomorrow, you think? Uh, maybe no, I don't know. It's 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 about a zero point five percent chance of it being tomorrow being the day. No, I think it's much less than that. Okay, tomorrow right, is right. Thursday. The Super Bowl will not Thursday. have been played yet. All right, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to at least make it through the Super right, Bowl. Yeah. When will the day be the day for Andy Reid? That'll be a question too. Uh, what do you think of Eric Bieniemy helping out the Chiefs? Try and beat the Ravens in the AFC Championship game as he sat in on some of those offensive meetings in the lead-up over at the Chiefs facility. Give us your thoughts, 875-KTGR, here on the Big Show at 423. Well, we are going to get the thoughts of Matt Hamilton, who is in Las Vegas as we speak. We'll get his thoughts on the matchup and ask him who he thinks needs the win more between the Chiefs and 49ers. Matt Hamilton of FanDuel TV, next on the Big Show. You are listening to the Big Show Podcast. On KTGR.com. Back on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. And we're checking in now from Las Vegas, our good friend Matt Hamilton uh, from FanDuel TV. He's a producer and on air host for Up and Adams with K Adams. And you can catch that every morning uh, on FanDuel TV. So they have been uh, doing shows uh, early in the morning in Vegas all this week. Uh, I guess today, Matt, your, your guest list ranged from Trevor Lawrence to Oz the Mentalist. And I guess that's just a great encapsulation of what Super Bowl week is. Oh, it really is, especially Super Bowl week in Vegas. Uh, that's what it's all about. Had a sprinkle, a little sprinkle of Burt Kreischer in there too, some Gronk, yeah. um, a guest bartender, and uh, we really had it. We really had everything going this morning. It was a lot of fun. Well, did you ask Oz the Mentalist who's going to win? I assume if anybody knew, it would be him. Yeah, I mean he he has the Chiefs winning. He has Gronk missing the kick of destiny. Ah. If he was if he was going to make it before, I'm pretty sure that shook all of his confidence. So he probably yeah. is going to miss now. That's, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of the the, the factor there that uh, that he has. But hey, it's it's going to be exciting, uh, I'm sure. And and the lead up has uh, has been good too. But the, but for the game itself, I mean, just 
with how these two teams got here, Kansas City kind of flipping a switch a little bit, San Francisco showing some weakness, but coming from behind and, and finding ways to uh, uh, to win despite some real struggles against uh, some of these teams that they faced. Uh, I wonder how you saw both teams with the paths that they took uh, and, and what that could mean for what we might see on Sunday. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's kind of um, – it's kind of a reverse of the paths that these teams had the last time they met in Super Bowl 54. The Niners kind of ran through everybody on their way to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had to pull off all those amazing comebacks. And uh, it's kind of flipped this time. I don't know if that necessarily means anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have kind of figured out. And, and, you know, it's been – it really has been, one, I think, tra- Travis Kelsey taking that week off in Week 18 to get healthy – and two, Patrick Mahomes realizing, hey, our defense is the strength of our team. I need to, you know, obviously we've still seen him make incredible plays, but he has kept the ball out of harm's way. He hadn't gone back-to-back games all season without a turnover, and he's gone all three playoff games without one. So um, that ability to protect the ball, to manage the game when he has to, he knew they didn't have to score a point in the second half against Baltimore to win if he, you know, if he protected the football with the way the defense is playing. So that change in mentality and approach from Mahomes has really been the key to this run that we're seeing. Yeah, and of course we're we're kind of seeing uh, it, it play out here uh, throughout these playoffs, and it's been a very different playoff uh, path for Patrick Mahomes having to go on the road in a lot of these games. But I wonder, just with with him in the offense, there were so many questions going into this playoff structure. Oh, is Kansas City's offense going to be able uh, to hold up? Are they going to be able to give uh, enough push uh, to hang in these games? And it sure seems that they started really well. Uh, the Buffalo game, they uh, they definitely uh, were step for step with the Bills, and then the Bills had that final miss at the very end but just what have you seen from the offense in particular that has somewhat kicked things into gear even though you're right in the second half of Baltimore they didn't do much yeah I mean I you know we're seeing Kelsey look like Kelsey again which obviously is a huge huge difference maker but it's really been too the reliance on Isaiah Pacheco they've really been feeding him he is a friggin' animal running between the tackles he's always going to get you know more yards than he should because of how hard he runs um, and it's the, you know, the receivers winning when they have to, we've seen Rasheed Rice make a bunch of big plays. Marquez Valdez Scanling has made a massive catch in every single one of his games too. So, um, you know, and that was the big thing. I think his confidence was shaken a little bit in the regular season with some of those drops and, but he's come through every time they've needed him to, um, in the big moments of these games. So, um, you know, we knew team, we knew coming in defenses were going to try to challenge these Chiefs receivers by playing man, playing press, and it was going to be up to them. Sometimes there's there's not much you can do to scheme. You you just got to win your matchups, and the Chiefs receivers have finally figured out how to do it. Matt, I'm kind of curious what you make of the 49er defense that will be opposing the Chief offense. Obviously, one of the best defensive units during the regular season, but there are a couple of playoff games. There's been some leaks here and there, and I'm curious how you think the 49ers will fare going into this one and what maybe the Chiefs might be able to take advantage of with the way that they like to play offense. Yeah, and I think there's a couple different factors for the Niners. I think one, you know, losing D'Amico Ryans. The defense has been up and down kind of all season under Steve Wilkes. Um, Two, losing all-pro safety Talano Hufanga, which it wasn't talked about a ton because the Niners still have so many stars. But he's an impossible player to replace because there's no one else in the NFL 
that plays the style of football he plays. He's like a, you know, a Palomalu type game wrecking safety. You can't replace that. Um, so that's been a big factor. Um, and just seeing the way that Detroit attacked them on the edges in the run game was what was jarring to me. I don't think I've ever seen a team run so many successful toss plays um, in a single game <laughs> that the Lions did. And that's what's going to be interesting to me because the Chiefs, you know, we, Pacheco, we see more between the tackles. Um, I'm wondering how and if they're, we're going to see the Chiefs attack the edges of the Niners' def- run defense because I think that's where – you can get after them a little bit. Matt Hamilton, producer and on-air host for FanDuel TV here on the Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. He joins us uh, from Vegas today. Uh, Brock Purdy, of course, plenty of talk about him this year. Is he good? Is he not? Is he just a product of the system? Or is he elevating uh, the entire unit to a different level? Uh, I wonder from the last couple of games that he's played, he had rough starts, but very strong finishes to help his team come back. What version of Brock Purdy do you maybe expect in a game like this against the Chiefs defense? Um, I think I do think we're going to see the Niners try to pound the ball on Kansas City's front. We have seen the Chiefs run defense be a little bit vulnerable at points this year. We saw it in the Buffalo game. Um, You know, the Ravens, I think, made a crucial mistake because the Chiefs stacked the box. The Ravens went against their run game. I think sometimes even when a team's stacking the box, you got to go strength. You know, you got to go with the strength of your team, and I don't think the Niners will make that mistake. But when Brock does throw the ball, I think there are areas in the middle of this Chiefs pass defense. We know throwing outside the numbers on this defense is is tough. I mean, McDuffie and Snead are as good a cornerback uh, tandem as there is in the entire league. Um, but there are plays to be made over the middle of the field, and especially with this this Niners play-action passing game. You suck those linebackers up a little bit. There's a void there. And when you have like guys that operate in the middle of the field, like Debo and George Kittle, there are big plays to be made there. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, and also, the, the right side of the Niners offensive line has some, it, it can be pretty shaky. There are going to be moments in this game where they break down. I know Spags is going to attack it. Can Brock make those same types of plays with his legs when he has to, whether it's taking off and scrambling or just extending plays to buy himself time to find his guys downfield? Yeah, that could be an interesting factor, maybe on both sides uh, for both the Chiefs and 49ers, because we know Joe Tooney is kind of a Andy Reid said himself long shot to play in this game. And as you mentioned, 49ers on on their right side of the line, maybe not the best. Chiefs have uh, done a pretty good job of protecting Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. And of course, he's done well at scrambling. But uh, are either defensive lines, do you think, are... Are, are we going to see some uh, some push from both those guys in in pass rushing, and could we see a few sacks in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we absolutely could. I think you got um, you know, you got really talented pass rushers on 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 both sides, and uh, you know, Bosa. We've seen him. We've seen him be a little bit uh, up and down throughout these playoffs. I thought he was phenomenal uh, getting after the passer in the uh, in the Detroit game. Um, Chase Young has you know, has been under some fire. He hasn't been as productive as um, I think people hoped when he got to to San Francisco. Um, And on the other side, I really, I think this is, uh, this is made for Chris Jones to have a game. I think Staggs is going to move him around. As I said, I think try to attack that right side of the Niners offensive line with Chris Jones. 
For sure. Matt Hamilton, producer and on-air host for FanDuel TV here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. All right, before we ask uh, who you think is is going to win, who, who do you think in a Super Bowl like this, of course, both both teams will say that they need to win it, but who do you think maybe needs to win this more when we talk about you know legacy or, or down the road what could happen? Who do you think needs this Super Bowl win a little bit more? Yeah, and I mean, I, while winning a third would put the Chiefs into incredibly rare company um, over a five-year span, when we talk about the great dynasties of all time, this legacy is kind of cemented, you know, it's, it's cemented as a, as a, as one of the best runs we've seen, no matter what, I think with these four Super Bowl appearances in five years, obviously the win just elevates them to another territory, but for the Niners, they've had so many great teams over these, over this Shanahan Lynch era, and they haven't been able to close the deal. I think this is definitely more important for the Niners. And because if they lose this one, I mean, what else, what else can you do to try? You know, they've, they've acquired every star player they can get their hands on. Um, they hit the jackpot with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, you got a quarterback on his rookie contract. Uh, you have the, the benefit of that, that you've been able to surround him with every star player imaginable. You have to cash in. And I think if they can't get it done this year, it's, it's going to sting. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, probably so. Uh, okay, so Matt, I know we're a few days out. I know you've got several more shows to uh, to maybe think about who you think's going to win, but we're going to put you to the fire right away. Who do you think? Uh, it's it's so tough, and it's so tough to pick against the Chiefs and Mahomes. But um, I just when I look at the overall roster talent with San Francisco, I think I have to give them the edge right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the Niners as hard as it is. I'm yeah. going to take the Niners. Oh man. Well, hey, that's that, that's all right. I mean, they, look, they they are the favorites for a reason, I suppose. It's kind of been interesting mm-hmm. how folks still say, you know, that the Chiefs probably should be favored in this game. There's there's validity to that point too, and but I, man, it's so yeah. it's so close. And I do probably agree with that with the way they played in the playoffs. Yeah. Um I was I was very surprised to see the line open where it did, but um but yeah, I just, I do. I, uh, you know, this is probably the toughest Super Bowl I've ever had to pick, and uh, I don't know. Something, something's telling me the Niners are going to get it done. Well, hey, we think it's going to be a fun one coming up on uh, on Sunday between the Chiefs and 49ers. And hey, great to talk with Matt Hamilton, who is on site in Vegas for all of the action all this week uh, of FanDuel TV. You can catch him on Up and Adams with Kay Adams on FanDuel TV on weekdays. And they're out at uh, Super Bowl 58 uh, doing shows uh, with several different folks. Uh, who, who, who do we expect uh, tomorrow, Matt, on the uh, on the guest list? I mean, tomorrow we got T.O. coming in. Uh, we have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Um, we have Deshaun Jackson, Emmett Smith, Romeo Dobbs. And then later in the week, we got, we get, Friday is going to be quarterback day. We're getting C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love to set, which should be, uh, which should be pretty fun. We haven't talked to either of those young quarterbacks yet, so really excited for that. Yeah, so that should be a, a whole lot of fun. Go check it out at, uh, at FanDuel TV all this week. Matt, thanks for coming on uh, and talking with us uh, about the Super Bowl. Thanks again. Uh, again, you can follow Matt Hamilton at MattHamilton25 on Twitter. And uh, safe, safe travels uh, with everything there. Hope uh, the rest of the week goes well. And, uh, you know, just set limits at the blackjack table, okay? <laughs> 
Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. Enjoy enjoy the game. It's going to be a great one. You bet it is. Uh, 441 here on the big show, KTGR. That is an important thing to remember, folks. Whenever you're in Vegas, set limits on the blackjack table. Da. Yeah, who needs oh, it? Stop. Why would I when I know I'll win? You, you know what? Me? The one the one time I've gone and 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 done that whole deal, I my limit was the money I had in my happened to have in my wallet, which was like sixty five bucks. And I made oh. that last for like four days. It's kind of crazy. Pretty impressive because I you know you yeah. win, you win a ten dollar parlay. Now, granted, I was working a lot throughout the days, and so you're just kind of going out during the evening. Sure. But you win a ten dollar Monday night parlay, and and you just basically break even over a lengthy blackjack. Like that feels like a big time win when you break when, even at the blackjack. Yeah, when you table, just you get to sit play there for, for two hours and you don't <laughs> yeah. win any money. You don't win or lose any money, but it feels like you're a millionaire if you if you do that. Uh, I think I I think I lost a dollar per tip on like the six beers that oh, I had while I was sitting there, man. which is because the beers are free when you're when you're playing. Well, no, so look, it, uh, this is, it worked out. This is how you do it. You if you get up at a blackjack table, if you are doing pretty well, and I'm okay. sure I did this the last time I was there. Uh, color up as you go, like it. Set aside, you know, they give you you know five dollar chips. Uh, if like say you put a hundred in, they give you twenty chips. If you win enough to you know have a hundred and a a lot left to still play, I'll just set aside a hundred and say, hey, get color up, and they'll give you a hundred dollar chip. I put it in my pocket. I don't touch it again, and then I just play with what I got. It's smart. I don't think I ever got that far up, but I was just kind of chilling around where I started for like hours. It was really fun. And look, that's that's the feeling, right? That's what you're chasing yeah. every time that you go. You just sit. And you just want to participate in the Vegas experience and get free drinks, you know. And that's why, <laughs> yeah. exactly, that's what it's about. So uh, that's, that's that's how Patrick Mahomes feels this week too. He just right. wants to. Yeah. He's just happy to be there. I'm sure. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan right. yeah. <laughs> doesn't need this win more than he needs air no. to breathe to stay alive. What was I talking about? No, he Is just it? needs to. Plop down at a table at Mandalay Bay for four hours. And that's all just, it's about. That's all that it's about, man. All right. Under the bus coming up next. I really like this coach, but I don't really like him in this moment here that he had uh, last night after uh, a very heated game in the Big 12. The refs are at the center of it again. That's next after this live local sports center. You are listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. <laughs> It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Well, it doesn't pain Brendan as much as it pains me, but I think we're on the same page on this one. Under the bus to Calvin Sampson, head coach of uh, University of Houston Hoops. He was ejected, I believe, right, uh, from this game uh, in the Big 12 the other night. against Oklahoma State last night. Yeah, Big 12 uh, refs again. Just what's going on? Win for Houston. I yeah. mean, Houston was up big in the game, but there was a, a play that Kelvin Sampson didn't like the result of, so he rushes out onto the court, starts screaming and hollering, was instantly ejected. But the problem, and I don't know, Andy, I might be more upset about this than you are, because after the game, in the post-game presser, the obvious question that has to be asked of Kelvin Sampson is, hey, what happened? Can you take us through what yes. got you so upset? Yeah. A reporter does exactly that. And it's okay for what he says at first because he says, look, for me to tell you the truth, 
would be a $25,000 fine. So he's not going to go there, which I'm okay with. But the question does need to be asked by any self-respecting reporter. If you're, it doesn't have to be everybody, but one person in that room, you got to ask it. The problem I have with Kelvin Sampson is he kind of rips the reporter. Don't ask me that silly question because you know I can't answer it. That's not how this works. No, that is not at all how this works, Kelvin Sampson. With it, reporters not telling you how to do your job by asking, "Hey, what happened in this situation where you got ejected from a game?" It's newsworthy. Need to know about it. Don't tell the reporter how to do their job, who, who, by the way, was doing their job correctly by asking the question. It has to be asked whether you like it or not. Sometimes it just miffs me the way coaches will show just a complete lack of understanding for what the reporters are even doing in the room there. you got to ask that question. Right. Come on, Samson. Like he said, what portion of the $25,000 fine are you willing to pay by asking me that question? Not his responsibility. Which Not is kind of funny. Right. So yeah, like, that, part's a little, that part's a little funny. But you can't, to call it, oh, that's a silly question. Don't right. ask me this no. silly question is what he Not up. a silly You're, question. No. Stop it. Again, you Stop can abstain it. from answering. That's fine. That's, that's totally okay. Issue no issue with that. But, yeah, you're right. Kelvin Sampson. The, Don't call it a silly question. Everything the, else is fair game. The premise behind the his answer. Pay is kind of funny. But don't don't tell me it's a silly question. That's got to be asked. Under the bus. Yeah, love my cougs, but uh, journalist has to help pay it. Is Kelvin Sampson some kind of brokey? He can't handle a $25,000 fine? You know, I, I think I wouldn't want to be fined the equivalent of whatever $25,000 is to him. I wouldn't want to pay it either for nothing. So he wasn't feeling like it was worthwhile, and I'm I'm for that. But don't tell me that it was a silly question, because if those reporters walk out of that room and nobody asked it, none of them did their job. Someone's right. got to be the one Someone's to ask gotta it. Someone's got to do it. And whether he understands that or not, it's the truth. Yeah, under the bus also to Kyrie Irving, who was asked by uh, just a fan on the sideline while he's you know, about to inbound uh, the basketball in the Mavs' most recent game. Uh, I believe it was in Brooklyn. And he was asked, like, why weren't you this good in, in Brooklyn? Because, of course, Kyrie's having a pretty good year this year and obviously was not very good with the Nets. And he said, uh, ask, the, ask Eric Adams, the mayor, or ask Mayor Adams, which he's obviously <laughs> referring to uh, the fact that <laughs> Mayor Adams was part of, like, the – you had to be vaccinated in order to, you know, be in Brooklyn and stuff like that and play games yeah. in Brooklyn and things of that nature. And so Kyrie Irving, you know, not getting vaccinated and being very vocal about that, had to miss some games and be unavailable for his team. Hey, Kyrie, um, it's not his fault that you were unavailable for your team. And it, it wasn't just that portion of time right after COVID where you were bad. No, it was several years that you were not good in Brooklyn so it's not Mayor Adams' fault. Sorry, man. I would like Come to thank the can't. mayor of New York for the Knicks being 33-18 and 18 right now. Yes, if not for him, yes. the Knicks would not be here <laughs> and gunning for a top three seed in the East. It's pretty good. It's it's definitely his doing, right? I think there's no, other, the there's no other explanation other That's than that. That's all I know about their mayor. Surely he's fine. I can't get on board with Kyrie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just can't. No. I can't do it. Me neither. And under the bus, too, uh, we, we referred to this earlier, the guy who scaled the Las Vegas Spear, apparently. Um, you know, How do you that do that? Big Spear. I have no idea. Uh, well, why don't, you, why don't you just call Jeff Parles and ask? <laughs> I did he have like hooks? Oh, was it him? Oh, we was had like the to... face on the sphere. So anytime it like clinked in, it would go ow. That's right. smart. Yeah, no, it's like a huge light up sphere. It. And no, I What's don't. What's it made of? Like, I, how do you even? 
I don't know how you what you grab onto to climb all either. the way up. Uh, apparently, it was some activist and obviously got his attention. Is. It always is. Yeah, um, that's great. In custody now, as per usual. Under the <laughs> when bus. things like that happen. Climb the sphere. Huh? Super Bowl week in uh, in Las Vegas. That actually did happen. There was video of that, the coyote thing, and the unnamed NFL player. At the Told Super Bowl. you. Yeah, no, I don't think Not so. Not buying the coyote. No. Not buying it. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Week from today is Valentine's Day. So don't forget about it, fellas. Go get those chocolate-covered strawberries from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia for your Valentine uh, this Valentine's Day season. Anniversary, birthday, any day, online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Hey, it's National Signing Day today. I know that it seems that there are several National Signing Days across the calendar. This is uh, the one in February that used to be the big one, but it still is a big one for for a lot of uh, high school seniors that are signing on to play uh, for college athletic programs next year, and it's a huge moment for them. I know there were several uh, signing day ceremonies uh, here in Mid-Missouri at the local high schools. Uh, congrats to all those athletes for getting a chance to play at the next level. And congrats to all those families, too, because it's just a big a day uh, for them uh, as it is the athletes. So, uh, well done all around. Very cool. Always love to uh, to see kind of the next generation get those opportunities, and yeah, it's a little tougher to follow these days, Andy, with the different dates that it can be. But, uh, yeah, this was one that that certainly a lot of folks got to officially make those decisions that they've been excited about for some time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, again, there's one in November for some sports. Uh, the football early signings, obviously, December. This is kind of uh, another football signing day as well as uh, a lot of uh, other sports. And so uh, congrats to all of those athletes for putting pen to paper today and announcing those plans. So well done there. And how about tonight at Mizzou Arena? Can this current group of Mizzou Tigers in men's hoops, can they finally put it together for 40 minutes and knock that zero off of the wing column and put a one there? Texas A&M, the opponent tonight. They lost by six to them on the road two weeks ago. Can they get it done tonight? We'll talk about it at 5.05. And wouldn't you know it, Mizzou softball season is here. It starts on Friday. Larissa Anderson, the head coach of Mizzou softball, talks about her team and the start of the season at 525 here on The Big Show.